0: Welcome to the Limitless Soul podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. The time is now for us to break free of conditioned habits, think for ourselves, and realize our limitless nature. We will explore talks on meditation, creativity, wellness, spirituality, and storytelling. You're in for a treat because we're peeling back the layers and diving deep. I'll be having diverse voices from all different creative backgrounds and points of view on to discuss what makes their soul limitless. Plug in and tune out the outside world as we go on this journey together. Hello, dear. Hi. Welcome back. Good to be back. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you're my first like conversation here in a year. So this is really special. I'm so excited. <laughs> Um where do we start? That's what should, I was going to ask you. Where, where do where, we start? Where are we starting? <laughs> I think the last time I had you on was like 2 years ago. Really?
1: Yeah, it was 2020. That's wild. It feels like no time and then also like it's maybe been 12 years. <laughs> I
0: know. 12 <laughs> lifetimes. <laughs> um exactly. So we did Sedona We could talk about that for a sec. Yeah. Because that was like, that was like an alternate universe.
1: (laughs) Definitely. I think I needed that to be like in person with people and to, um, see how you work in groups and to kind of show up differently for myself and to facilitate dance church was, which was like the first time. And officially I'd done like little things for like my group of friends and, and my big time of heartbreak, it was, uh really powerful. So, yeah, that's, I mean, the energy was so high. It took me a, a bit to feel better at the end of it, but it was great.
0: <laughs> it really did. I, it's so crazy doing retreats and being in the, that energy of, well, especially being so virtual for the last couple of years, being in person with people is, is a whole, it's like a different experience mm-hmm. than it used to be. Um it's so funny because every time there's, there's like a gathering, everybody talks about their favorite part and the buzz was definitely dance church.
1: I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's uh, it's, you can see like, well, I think it was just perfectly timed, honestly, at the right time because like you would come in and it's almost like, like softening up all the resistance to just like being in flow with spirit. And then that was sort of like the cherry on top. And it's mm-hmm. so easy to see that immediate shifted people, especially people who, I resonate most with most with are a little bit quiet takes a little bit to warm up. And then those were the ones that like really showed up and really showed out and like, let these different parts of themselves shine. And I think that's such an amazing, that's the amazing thing about movement and dance for me for sure.
0: Yeah. It's so amazing to see people just like literally take it all off because there's definitely some, some nude, some nudes (laughs) Some nude swimming. I still haven't posted that picture because I I'm gonna maybe at some point make, text everybody and be like, hey, can we can we like can this exactly exist? yeah can this I've, exist
1: out there? Yeah, we need to ask for permission. But yeah, we've got some we've got our cute little bums. God, there it's a good picture. Like I'm gonna frame it. <laughs>
0: Oh my it's, god! I love it. Your butt's gonna be in my.
1: I don't like. I'll meet your room. family, and they'll like know my butt before my face. <laughs> I don't know about this.
0: <laughs> we'll put it in the private room. Good. Um, yeah. So Sedona was really life changing, and there was fifteen of us, women, and uh, I think that's such a good place to start. Is about um, awakening and returning remembering, mm-hmm. because, um, one of my teachers always would tell me why I needed to have a discipline. Like mm-hmm. why? Um, Cause I, I get bored. I'm like, I don't want to meditate every day. Can I do something else? I don't want to, yeah. I want to do something else. He said, how quickly we forget. And that's why it's important to, to gather, to see each other, to mirror each other, to, um, remember. Because we forget so quickly, what we learned yeah. or, or what we know, and uh, yeah, leading up to the dance church part. So, dance. Tell, tell everybody what dance church is. Like, what did we do? Because it's uh, not just. It wasn't just dancing, and it's not ecstatic dancing. It was like,
1: to me, dance. What I have created or uh, kind of stepped into is the magic of movement and the magic of doing it in a group. So there were some like group activities where we did some mirroring. There were, you know, basically it's a way to sort of like, you know, it used to, I used to just say dance your prayers. And it was like a thing I said to myself over and over and over again was dance until you forget your old story. And that was so powerful to me because within like, you know, a few minutes of me just dancing full out, it was like, well, what was I angry about? And what, how, what how was I thinking about that? It's like, you step into this space of possibility and you can step in as like, because the thing about it is like waking up is actually super glamorized, but it's not that fun in the beginning. It's kind of messy because your old world has to fall away in order to wake up. And there's so, many, there's so many aspects and fruits that you get down the road, I think. But in that initial process of waking up, imagine like someone like waking you up, you've been in a slumber, right? You've been slumbering about something in your life and then you're awakened in some way. And sometimes it feels like this, like you've been shaken and you're just like, whoa, you're trying to find your footing. And even old footing on old, all all, like the old world, the upside down world, the things that we used to believe feel, um, familiar, even if they're not like where we're ultimately supposed to be going. And so there's something about, um, that movement practice that makes it, um, makes that transition a bit easier.
0: Yeah. It definitely shifted something in me. I'm not, I wouldn't say I was a dancer, like, and I'm like, oh, we're doing dance church. I was a like, okay, maybe I'll just like take pictures of everybody.
1: I don't know. And then uh,
0: I don't know and what then happened you had to
1: be paired up with me.
0: <laughs> I don't know what happened to me, but like, I don't know something, something definitely, um, was active that was like wanting to come out. I think for all of us, for sure. Yeah. Everybody was finding, finding that what's the part of you that you feel like has to be in, 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 in the, in the, you know, background or mm-hmm. has to be put away. can't You know, it's not appropriate. And, um, <laughs> it was so fun. I really love that. And you're right. Like leading up to it was, you know, intention and reflection and we just, yeah. Oh, I love that the whole experience.
1: Yeah, and there's there's definitely a sort of sciencey aspect to our bodies being this oracle, right? We we like dream through them. We get our intuition sent to us through them. There's like our the gut feeling that we have, and then when we like move into the wisdom of the body, we actually move. I think of like the whirling dervishes and people who ecstatically move, ecstatic dance. There's like a reason. It's not just people just flailing about. There's something there's literally crystals in our brain that are connected to our third eye that open us up to otherworldly wisdom, otherworldly spaces that happen when we're dancing to a certain level. Like we're lo- using our body to, as a like a, like a beacon basically mm-hmm. to connect with spirit. So I think that's what's happening. Um, and it's really easy to see people shift into that sort of um, Oracle possible, anything's possible space. Um, especially if you can keep moving through the resistance to like being seen, and you know, it's I don't know, it's just all such a practice, like how you want to show up and the edges that you're willing to uh, address.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, coming back, um, I love the, ha- having an opportunity to be able to reconnect with people, and you know, how are you doing, and what's going on, and, and the internet's been such a a gift in that way that we can can feel supported and not alone when we enter back into this reality, because that was something I wanted to talk about today, because in a synchronistic uh, way, I, when I was talking to the other day, I said, let's talk about the upside down world. And then I was like, why did I say that? I don't even know why I said that. I don't, what does that even mean? And then- Is that
1: not language you've used before?
0: I mean, it's not something I would say like, regularly who am I saying that to I don't know I've been saying it a lot in the last Have years yeah maybe I just like subliminally well I mean it maybe not to you but definitely to my
1: community to my (laughs) community
0: yeah maybe that just like when I was talking to you it came through um but it you know it was just sometimes those spontaneous moments and my little um son in the third house was like well who said that why did I say that where did that come from what what?" (laughs) You know, and then I have this like conversation in my head. Um, And then I was like, whatever. And then I opened this email from Aubrey Marcus yesterday, which also weird because I don't, I mean, no offense, but I like don't always open his emails. Uh And for some reason I opened his email and there it was. And he was talking about how he was listening to this rabbi from this Hebrew, Hebrew mystical lineage. And he said, I'm just going to read it from this email because I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And he said that all humans who seek to control us are puppets of the Citra Atra, which translates as the other side or the deadness of the universe. Apparently this idea of the upside down world in quotes was already in people's minds thousands of years ago. Um, then he goes on to say, the name alone reminds me of the force of destruction in the fifth element. Um, what was the antidote? Love, Eros, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the aliveness of the universe, a kiss and a tear that landed in the heart of the goddess. And um, when I opened that and read that, just, you know, quote unquote, randomly, what a coincidence, yeah. I knew that that was um, where, you know, w- w- the place that I think the collective or the people, you know, you who's listening to this, me who's questioning this, us who's having this, you know, conversation without having to say, oh, I know exactly what that means, or, you know, opening up this dialogue of what does aliveness mean to us? What does deadness mean to us? What is what is the the answer um, or what is the, the path to finding The middle of it all because it's, it's chaos and it's order and it's good and evil. And, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that we're in this weird time right now in this upside down world where we think we're stuck in the darkness, or we think that there is an inevitable often, you know, thinking or feeling that this is never going to end, you know, mm -hmm. the darkness isn't going to end. So what's, what's the upside down world to you in, in the way that you've been thinking about it and um, working with it in, in, in opposition to what's the opposite of that? Yeah.
1: yeah. I think when I started referring to it, I don't even remember the first time I heard it, but I've been saying it a lot over the last two years, because it, at least in my lifetime, never has it been more clear that we're like, split in these well in in many different realities it's not just two like we're all living our version of what's happening in this reality but in sort of like the matrix reality and not like the matrix of all things but like the matrix of control um it would feel like to me a lot of things wouldn't make sense like how we fight for peace how we how like we have antibiotics which are like anti-life it it contains a seed of the thing we don't want so I was just noticing all these ways and even just with words like some words that like apocalypse that everyone's using right now it actually means to have a um, uh, and I mean I'm not going to get it exactly but like a, a shift of thinking like All of these words that we have been demonized or we've been afraid of when we look at at their old meaning the way that it used to be almost and I'm just sort of adding my flavor to it, but more, um, more, more balanced, like our words now are just so this or that we had like, I love cultures where they have a lot of words for love or a lot of words for kissing or a lot of words for whatever, because it's not just this black and white thing. And so I just started noticing all these discrepancies and I'm like, wow, only in the upside down world would you fight for peace instead of just having peace for peace. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. wherever our energy goes, it amplifies that thing. And so I'm was just starting to see that whole world break down around me um, and how I was thinking about it and my participation with it. Um, originally, that's how I started thinking about it. But I love the, you know, sort of Aubrey's take on um aliveness or deadness because it makes it really simple at least for me in my mind you know it's going to be different for everybody who's listening but that's kind of that was my entry point to it just looking at um, what the systems of control will do and how they'll spin sort of like like a little nugget of truth with a bunch, like wrapped up in a bunch of lies and we'll just like eat it up. And it just reminds me of that, like reel you did where you were like yelling or something. I don't know. It was just about oh, yeah. Yelling to mother nature. Yeah. Like, yeah. remind me. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: what's yeah. your, what's your hot take on it? Hot
0: take. You know, I when you were talking about awakening, cause that's something that I've been on and my last two retreats, awaken your limitless soul, awaken the wild woman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how many awakenings retreats do I need to have? Like, when are we woke? <laughs> like, isn't oh, this like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I, I really started to, that's kind of the way I unpack and process is, um, I really like reflect internally back and forth with my thoughts. And I I came to this realization that the awakening does not end. And as long as we're in this body, as long as we're in this, this reality and a lot of people want to, you know, and I started off my journey with transcendental meditation. I understand like you want to get out of it. You want to get out of the, the pain, you want to be away from the, you know, the stuff. And, I when I started getting into tantra, I started going the opposite direction. I'm like, here we go, we're going back down. (laughs) Yeah, you know, climb the mountain, and I got to come back into it. Um, but the the awaken when we when we talk about in in our common language these days, awakening or I'm awakened. I woke. I had an awakening. Um, that is just always the the next beginning. It's always the next starting point. And I think that in the upside down world, there's this illusion that of of um, of an endpoint. There's an illusion of a goal, right? Yeah. There's an illusion of here's where we're going, mm-hmm. and yeah. once we get there, then it'll be great. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the the myth
1: mm-hmm.
0: of our time. <laughs> is that once we get there, it's all going to be peaceful and fine. Once we get there, once we figure this out, once we, you know, get rid of, I mean, I don't want to get into too much of that, but like once we get, get a gasoline, once we get rid of, you know, all of these systems, once we get rid of all these structures, once we get off rid of all of this, this, this stuff that's gross and toxic and terrible mm-hmm. and bad, then we're going to be good. Then we're going to be peaceful. Then everything, yeah. then we're going to have world peace. Mm-hmm. And I think that, Honestly, if you subscribe to that and you start to think in that way, because it can be an ideology that can feel appealing because it gives you a a feeling in your body of it's all going to be fine once we figure this out, Yeah, but it's an illusion. Totally. And the opposite of that in in my world and the way that I'm trying to navigate life um, is being so present that you realize that it's all an illusion and you realize it's already here like I say heaven on earth or you know heaven is here now and um you know peace is here now love is here now all of that is already done it's already mm-hmm. here it's mm-hmm. the mind that is creating these illusions yeah that it's not and it's really hard um to be in that place it's easy to say I mean, I'm literally that way hyperventilating on the floor last night. Like <laughs> you know, I'm like, somebody help me. Yeah. Um, so it's not that you don't get sucked into it every once in a while of the doom and gloom and uh, kind of a little bit of I don't know pessimism sometimes. Mm. But yeah, coming back to reality in the in the moment and I think that we get so sucked away.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's the point. It's like shiny, flashy, look over here. There's a few things you said that I wanted to reflect on, um, that destination consciousness. It is slick. It's sexy. We're going somewhere, right? Um, so we're never here. We're never present. We're never available to the magic that's now. It's always some future destination and, that can be uh, pretty alluring because in the right now, you might have poopy diaper you need to deal with. In the right now, there may be things that you don't want to look at, but I love that you, I mean, there's so many things that we could, the next layer is like speaking about the collective grief, but also when you were talking about just that the, the awakening never ends, right? And the whole, the whole purpose is to become more lucid and I'm working on this dream course and I was asking myself, so like, what, like, what's the purpose? Why do people want to work with their dreams? Like why, well, A, you're asleep for a third of your life and you get to create these magical scenarios that I'm really interested in. Like that part's really cool to me. The imaginative part, the way that my subconscious and uh, my uh, higher self sort of like make out and create this little dream baby. (laughs) And I get to like experience myself in these worlds that my mind is like populated to me. That's so freaking cool. But beyond that, like, like what is the goal? And to me, it's to become more lucid. It's to become more lucid in our waking lives so our dream lives can reflect that so we can start to touch on all the multiple dimensions that we live on so we can start to see through the Maya that's happening right now, which is like a ton of chaos, right? It's like in the part in the birth where it's like, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it. I don't know if this baby's going to come. This is too much for me. I can't handle it. But if we start to become lucid, then I think we have a whole new set of possibility that opens up outside of what's being presented to us right now, because by and large, that just doesn't appeal to me. It feels really um, incomplete to what my soul needs to like be a part of this human thing. So yeah, that's what I was kind of feeling or thinking as you were sharing about the upside down world and awakening and um, And usually, okay, what are the few words that come before awakening that we hear all the time? Rude, right? Rude, (laughs) a rude awakening, because it is. It's like, like, oh, I'm just happy, Ooh, like ignorance (laughs) is bliss. And then someone's over here trying to tell you the truth about something. And you're like, no, no. And that's part of it is like, there has to be, we have to be okay with um, the tower falling and for it feeling a little rude. Otherwise we're in some, I don't know what world we're living in if, if we haven't, if this doesn't feel rude, you know, like, and then waking up is, um, there's obviously beautiful aspects of it, but there, there are hard ones too. Cause you really have to look around yourself and your life and ask how you've been a part of something that isn't, um, working. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's kind of like being sensitive and tough. Yeah. And we've been, oh my god, we've we we I mean we've all been through like you're talking about this collective grief. We've been through something really collectively confusing and traumatic. Yeah and there's no there's no there's no logic and it's just really chaotic. Um and I remember like my dad is Ukrainian. <laughs> and I grew up with him being like, suck it up. You have to yeah. be tough. You know, and I always was like, now that I'm who I am now, I-, I I appreciate the sentiment of what he was saying. He just maybe didn't say it in the right way. Yeah. But it was not don't be loving, don't be kind, don't be sensitive, don't be tender. It was don't let that consume you. Yeah. And I think that's where he was trying to get at with his Virgo words. (laughs) Everything's like, do this, do that, do this, do that, you know. And I'm like, but I have feelings. What do I do with these feelings? And as I've gotten older, like I've really learned the value in in being strong and being courageous and being tough and being grounded and being, you know. Fierce and not being so like letting everything be emotionally charged, letting everything be emotionally reactive, yeah, emotionally consuming, because it's you'll get swept away. You're just gonna so get well. swept away because yeah. if there's anything that's been revealed, it's that we do live in this paradoxal world. We live in this dark and light. Mm-hmm duality. Yeah. And you, you have to hold both. You have to be both. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think my dreams are teaching me stuff like that right now.
1: Big time. I've had such extremely lucid dreams and just to kind of piggyback on something you said for just a moment. Um, I think there has to be this really moist balance, right? The, like the waters in the body provide the roots with stability, actually. Like if mm. it's too dry, then, you know, these, these giant structures can't hold themselves rooted, like deeply rooted. Like that's a thing I've just been waking up saying, I want to rise deeply rooted that's the only way I can reach toward the heavens and not be like totally airy fairy or like Mm -hmm. letting my feelings dictate every single thing. It's like, in my mind, I see something resilient like bamboo where it's like flexible and it's strong, you know? So it's like having, having both of those. So we don't turn into a desert. And so we don't turn into a swamp either. It's like, how, how do those two forces of um, okay, we're going to pick ourselves up meet with. And I think, like, that's what everyone's been told. And that's why people are so afraid they're going to be swept away because there's like so many uncried tears in in in, in, the, in, the, in the collective mm-hmm. and within ourselves that we feel like, okay, if, if I, on some level, maybe subconsciously, if I go there, am I ever going to be able to come back? Like, this is too much. And so where does all that go? We all collectively hold it. So, you know, I think we need to have, there's some like funny memes online where it's like, just pull up at eight p.m. We're just all gonna cry, you know, and, <laughs> and not not necessarily. I'm like, like can you su- send me the invitation? Exactly. Not super <laughs> personalize it either. Like, get into our story about it. That's a whole different thing. Oh, but just yeah. le- let it move through us because when we get into our story, we like trap it there even more. But if we can find these really clean ways, just to like last night when I was having my oh mercy moment, I was like, okay, less story, more body. Like you know, go. You know, like shake and do all these things that the wisdom of the body knows how to do. Um, And so that we just have to remember our grief and we have to remember that we have tools for it. And one other way that I bridge this, I'm doing, I do these grief groups. You've been in one of them, but I do them, you know, at least three, three or four times a year because I need them. Um, I think other people do. And there's this exercise we do where we, because it's called grief as an ally. So like how do we really start to walk that middle path that we talked about and view something so like, Uh, perceivably hard and this hard right as an ally and so we build these bridges with all of these different exercises including just finding words that um uh so if you know on if if grief is a friend and it's a foe we look at our the foe words the words that we've used to categorize grief and we see if we can unhook from them and bring some um truth and warmth and a way to sort of walk that middle path of it's like it's not this or that it's both and when i find my way into the middle is how i get through you know and instead of being pitting ourselves against other people where you don't believe how i believe well i'm for gun reform and you're not you don't think guns are the problem it's people are the problem you know instead of like doing this back and forth we find a way to just all hold hands in our shared grief and say you may believe different than i do the way forward is not clear just yet, but we can't be at each other's throats. Like that's not going to get us anywhere. So. um. Yeah.
0: That's the truth. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, and I think that that's kind of right now at least these last couple of years, so much yelling. There's so much, yeah, just like out there, you know. And if you're not careful, you're consuming that. And you're, you might not even realize you're consuming it because you might agree with the, what the person's saying. But even if you agree with what somebody's like opinion or perspective, the energy that's behind it is trying to get into the mind and it's trying to be like come with me on this like exactly you know instead of staying in the center where it's you know that's why we have two parties and not three because if we had a third one then we probably would have peace on earth (laughs) yeah like it, it it's it is just that like we
1: Oh gosh. Well, and like who wins if you become as violent as the person that you believe is oppressing you. That's always kept me out of these like huge fights. It's like, I do have strong feelings. They're loosely held enough to ideally include you. It doesn't mean that I don't bristle or get prickly or sometimes forget these ideals that I want to live by. But I think that that's a thing that occurred to me, even with like quote unquote well-meaning people who I have more like I might believe that too, but I'm like, man, if you're just trying to get everyone to believe, you're going to become as violent as the people that you think are in the wrong. And then who wins? You just like you just poison your own soul and your own yeah. self. And that never felt right to me either. So that's that's why I'm in that weird third party. Just yeah. don't fit anywhere.
0: <laughs> me too. I'm like, hey.
1: <laughs> um yeah, I think
0: we don't ask enough questions. And there's there's a lot of uh, dictating and direction and telling, yeah, and not a lot of questions. And I think once we start asking more questions to each other, is when we start to see that we're more alike than we're different. That. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you're like, this is what I believe, and everyone should believe this. How could you not? Well, maybe that's what you. Maybe you should ask, like, elaborate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> elaborate on that. Like, be curious we've lost a sense of curiosity about people who are different than us yeah because we're seeking safety maybe it's a, it's it's a physiological thing it's a nervous system thing we're seeking safety within well it's in
1: the upside down world they it's it's strong in the psyche like everything is so covert and we're we're constantly strengthening that muscle of us or them by how we vote in parties options they give us. Like it, it really is sort of like a Pavlovian response at this point. And mm-hmm. the only way to get out of that is to wake up. And I love that you brought curiosity into the conversation because it's an open door mm-hmm. um, and everything else is a shut door. And so obviously like there's no new energy that's going to come in or out. And mm-hmm. a quote that I love is like, you're only as young as the last time you changed your mind. And people mm-hmm. feel like they are their mind. I am these ideals. This is who I am. And as someone who's just really connected to the soul of a thing, I'm like, man, we've, like, we need a soul revival because we've forgotten that our soul is here with us as well. And it has a whole different set of um, desires, ways that it speaks, and we've forgotten it. And so we've become kind of soulless and we're just like living in the mind and not the heart and not the body. And to me, that's like the biggest tragedy, really, um, of the time. you know, mm-hmm. We've lost curiosity. We've lost imagination. We've lost the ability to ask questions. We've lost the ability to have nuance. And like a lot of these things are really complicated. They're not as easy as yes or no, I vote on this. It's like, well, can we talk about what this means? And right now there's certain things that you can't even question. And if you do, you're like, every horrible word is thrown at you. And that just shows me again, that we're living in the upside down. I'm like, yeah. wow.
0: Yeah. People that I really respected and liked and cared about <clears throat> in the last couple of years, a few things that stood out to me were like this, this message that was declared outwardly that I saw. And it was like, if you don't, this is something someone I really love to respect said, if you don't vote this way and you don't do this, you can, I, I would could sitter you no longer a friend and you are a murderer yep or a um bigot or a yep. i don't know yep. every word that you can think of that's yep. bad if you do not this you are that and i'm like that's the way more complex than that yeah, though i know like, i know it, it, it was just and, and if you react to that that means that you are already that like yeah you know and that kind of energy is just so
1: prevalent right it now. Is. Well, it probably always has been. It's just really loud now, it's field now, because there's so much fear. And when people are in fear and an emotional response, like you said, if there's no uh, soulfulness to ground that, if there's no questions to ground that, then it's like in a dying animal, for lack of better whatever. They're gonna lash out at anyone that's like you know and. I've had that with people who dear people I consider to be dear friends. Like I've sat on your couch, like you, like, you know, me, it's not as simple as just this, this or this. And you know, that, that, that even adds to my collective sense of grief about this is that it's pitted sort of the wrong people. I don't think anyone should be pitted against anyone, but if that was going to happen, it's not your neighbor. It's not the person that you sat in workshop with. It's not, If that's not we're not the pro we're not the ones, you know? Um mm. yeah.
0: And and just by that happening, like it's a catalyst for um like kind of grouping and separation. It's a catalyst for separation. Exactly. And it's um you know, because as soon as someone hears that and they're like, well, I believe that too. So then they bandwagon into that. And then it's like, it grows and grows and Mm -hmm. grows. And now you've got all these separate, separate groups who are like, well, we can't coexist because we don't have the same beliefs. Mm -hmm. And our beliefs are so, so separate and so far away from each other that we can't even exist in the same reality. Yeah. And that's like what, is happening and it's very odd. And then there's like the oddballs out who I've, I've like got all these people in my life where we're just like, Hey, <laughs> we don't fit. So then there's like the, the misfits or the outliers. Um,
1: kind of really like that's, that's always what moves culture forward is the people that are willing to question things and be sort of like put on the stake for lack of a better word. I, you know, I, um, have been doing a lot of listening to the stories and myths and the trickster has, has really for Gemini season, it's big too. It's like the, it's like the, these people who uh, live in that middle, but get like shade thrown at them from every side because they haven't quite whatever, but they're like, they're the ones that are really questioning things. And of course it can, can be a dark trickster energy that goes beyond just like moving beyond barriers that we've told that, that we're not supposed to I think we all carry this a little bit but you know the it's the outliers who have like just think about literally every movie that you've watched that you've rooted for it's not like the hero and the heroine it's the unexpected <laughs> yeah, person
0: like Loki and Thor exactly I'm yes. like he is like the ultimate trickster and like by the time you get to know him
1: I'm like do I love him exactly you're like am i like is is he like which (laughs) which side is he on but it's like it's that energy that's asking us to move forward really like beyond sides because it's like playing sort of both sides and yeah i look at like i was watching um um what's it called the vikings yeah and i don't remember the guy's name but he's like kind of like playing both sides in in this like really smart way but yeah, it's, it's the, it's who we it's who we root for, but it's somehow because we have lost like myth and storytelling or it's coming back. That's the thing is people are remembering that it's really important to moving culture forward is finding ourselves within each of these characters and less yeah. like I'm this or I'm that and finding a resonance, especially with the outliers, because it's usually who we are all rooting for. Yeah. Except in actual reality. (laughs) Right? What the hell? (laughs) But maybe we are. Yeah, it's true. Things things aren't as they seem. Like that's what I keep telling myself through all of this. And if we can see through some of the Maya, we can welcome chaos as a friend. We can begin to connect with some of these simple tools that we've been talking about. Then I think we get like a peek into how to collectively dream ourselves into um, what's next. And Mm -hmm. a lot of this work is like planting seeds that we may never see, who knows? Who knows what this next passage is gonna really look like, but we can't just be so focused on, like heaven on earth is now, Mm -hmm. and whatever you make of that, whatever that means to you, however you can step into that, that's the invitation is taking back the power from a source outside of yourself and going within and saying, okay, how can I create that in this moment? How can I create that for my family? How can I create that out of a system that's really not designed for me? It's designed to um, pit us against one another and keep kind of like these puppeteers behind the scenes, really just super profiting off of us being at each other's throats. They don't even need like, like we've, we've become the law enforcement against each other. Like they don't really even need it. We've, we've, we've stepped in and robotically done that for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, I think we just need to make our world smaller well you Kelly, know like
1: do you want to get into that I think that's <laughs> happening
0: smaller right like perspectively it's like when my husband always tells me this because he's he's like we're, we're very different mm-hmm. he keeps me like you know mm-hmm. uh grounded but he's like When I start getting overwhelmed by all this, because I I can see it all, I can feel it all. It's like I I see the big picture. It's hard to explain sometimes because it's so intricate and detailed, and it's also nuanced, and it's not just like physical and literal. But as soon as I shrink my world back down, and I'm like, okay, focus on myself. Focus on the kids. Mm -hmm. Focus on the dog. Focus on my people I'm taking care of right now focus on my work, you know, and you just start back at that smaller space and even sh- shrinking it down into your dreams. And that's why I, I can't wait for your dream course. Let's end on dreams because I think that the dream- Wait, world... can I
1: piggyback on something you said yes, before please. that? Yes, please. It's just, a. don't remember who said it, but like, we're never going to have world peace if we don't have peace within our, within our sort of like family ethos. And I love it that that's what you mean by making it smaller, because that's exactly what I said two years ago. And everyone was like, so freaked out about all the different possibilities. I was like, if it comes here to the house, we'll deal with it. Like, come back to now, come back to here, come back to how we're treating each other. Um, and come back to that being really ultimately powerful. If we try to project our energy out and, and to make it, it's not that we shouldn't try to affect change on that sort of level, but the beginning is, is here with us. So I like it that, that, that you brought us back to that.
0: Yeah. Or else it just gets so heavy. Yeah. And you feel a sense of duty and responsibility that also is an illusion. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not my job. Yeah. I remind myself that sometimes when I feel like frustrated and Mm -hmm. I'm like trying to, you know, these layers, you know, we move, move the, these layers from really deep internally to extend all the way out into like cosmic universe. And it's like, when I'm trying to affect something on planet Jupiter, you know, like that's a lot of like projecting my energy out there. And, um, you know if you haven't built a strong foundation you can't you can't go explore yeah what it might yeah. be like to touch that space
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i think once we get out into those outer spaces literally <laughs> figuratively is we build we have people we have people around us so you're not doing it alone yeah you know you're you're with a group a community um you know i think that's probably why religion was so powerful
1: and exactly does like, need to belong. The need to belong yeah. is inherent within our design. Um, and, uh, it's been removed in a lot of ways, but yeah. yeah. But
0: I wanted to end this on dreams. Um, I think that that makes sense, like bringing your energy so close, like bringing it all the way, even into your, your sleeping time, even into your dream time, into your, um, you know, awareness of what's going on inside of you. And I had a dream the other day. I messaged you about it, about my, the turtles. And I've, I've always been a dreamer. And it was like, one of those things it was like a blessing and a curse. Cause I'm like, I, I like would want to sometimes not remember it. I'm like, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. And lately I've been writing them down because I know you have this course coming up and I'm like, I'm going to be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to class with some, some notes. <laughs> um, and so I really started observing. And the other night I had this dream where I was in the dream. You know, I was like, oh, I'm in a dream. And I remember it still because sometimes when you start to observe it right afterwards, they stay with you longer, mm-hmm. at least for mm-hmm. me. And I'm like in this dream and I'm like in my backyard, and one of my teachers is there, and but she's her, but different her. It's my yard, but it's not my yard, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, where there's this woman getting ready to speak, but she's kind of like hidden. So I don't know who she was. I'm gonna have to revisit that. Uh, and I started pulling some cards, and I'm pulling these cards, and my teacher's like kind of like drinking this tea, watching me, like, oh, what are you doing? know, what she got. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, in my dream, I became conscious, and instead of being the person pulling the cards, I was watching myself pull the cards. Almost like that liminal space where it's like you're about to wake up, but you're yeah. still in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like watching myself pull these cards, and it was like turtle, turtle. Mm. It like uh, just two turtles, and then there was like a fish, but it was like the underbelly of a fish. Don't really know what that means. Um, but the turtles stood out. And I remember observing in my dream, staring at them, going turtle, 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 like turtle, just like stained my memory. Uh-huh. So I wake up and I message my teacher, Joe. She's um, I call her my spiritual mom because she's like my spirit mom. She holds it down for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like these turtles. And she's like, well, have you looked up what turtle spirit means? And I'm like, no. And so she sent me this thing from a spirit animal book, and it was all about working on the waters of your body, working on your emotions. And I'm like, How many times do I have to work on my emotions? Like, haven't we finished this yet? Isn't the story done? Like, didn't I grieve? Haven't I cried since I started working with you a couple years ago? I'm like, All I do is I'm grieving and I'm sad and I'm tapped into my waters. Like, energy's moving. Okay. I'm not shoving it down. And she's like, Well, you know. And so maybe there's something deeper there, but, um, you know, shrinking your focus all the way down to that point. It's like, there's messages all the time. There's synchronicity all the time today. I pulled two cards for us. Guess what? They are water, five cups, or, um, this is from the heart deck. It's, it's, uh, green, which is heart chakra. It's all about the waters and staying focused on your waters Mm -hmm. of your body Mm -hmm. and, from the Oracle of Eve baggage, be gone, let go, let
1: go of all the stuff you're carrying. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So. I feel like you might've just picked up on my energy too. Cause that's, um, I'm working on some lymphatic stuff. I'm working on releasing some old stories that live in my body in a really physical way. And I also think with the dream time, you know, it's definitely helpful to have other people's input on the dream. um, But, to me, it's like I would, I would first ask you, like, what what connection do you have with turtles? What did it feel like to be pulling those turtles? Mm. What did that represent to you? And for me, when I think of turtles, I feel like they, they have everything they need on their back. They have like a home that goes with, with them everywhere. So I would start sort of like populating my dream sequence with um, all of my own personalizations, which is ultimately like, yes, there's definitely some deeper symbolism and we always need to be aware that there's this mythical... Um, archetypal universe that lives outside of us, but um, a, a white horse running wild is going to be a lot of things, not just like freedom movement. It's going to be also sort of like what you feel when you're when you're watching that white horse. Are you terrified? Is it coming close to you? Are you excited? Um, yeah. What, how did it feel to just be pulling turtles? How did it feel to become lucid? Like, and you're right, like when you step into that dream, um, you ground it in this reality, it's very ephemeral. It's just gonna float away. It's like, here's a gift. And if you don't take it or if you don't have that relationship with it, it's gonna even, it's it'll float away even quicker. But the thing that I wanna tell everyone who's dreaming every night is you still get the medicine. You're like the, the deeper parts of you get the medicine. And when everything's relational, like we live in a relational universe. Like my favorite reading right now is the CIA, like unclass, declassified things. (laughs) I tried
0: to read some of those things you sent and I was like, give me the cliff notes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think we should all read them because they pay, like these people have been paid so much money to demystify how, like make experiments on how we live and how we live the body. And they talk about all these multidimensional realities, which just seem like Oh, it's the stuff for Doctor Strange, but they know. Okay. They know. Oh, yeah. They know. Um, I don't I went on tangent town, uh, but yeah, dreaming. I love it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, th- that's how I felt. Like to your question, rhetorical question of how did I feel becoming lucid? I felt like I was in the metaverse. I just went and saw the new Doctor Strange and it's all about the metaverse. It's like very confusing, but also not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, it's it's it, becoming lucid in my dream made me realize this was real. Yeah, <clears throat> that was real. Mm-hmm. But what it But it wasn't real
1: to this reality. It was real
0: to that one. but Exactly,
1: it, where where the laws of time and space aren't the same. There, I mean, there are rules of of our our, our dense human self, but then we have a multi dimensional soul that's attached to us that can tether and do all these incredible things and bend time and fly yeah. and have answers and see the future and heal and you know that's if we ignore that part of our lives and we are bound to like sort of the density of this realm and it's hellish, it's hellish. But Mm. like to be able to um know something more is like that heaven on earth piece that we can bring in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's not escaping this reality. It's just almost um crossing them over and blending them in together. Union. Union.
1: Yeah. That's the point. It's, did we just figure it all out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But figuring the it end. all out and then like, just live, kidding. and then like living in it is a different <laughs> thing. It's like, and of course we haven't yeah. figured it all out. There's a, no. there's an ever unwinding mystery that the more that we figure out, the more that's added and exactly the same. It like gets bigger and smaller at the same time, but also even like coming to that point is amazing, but living it is is what the earth schoolroom earth it's what we came here to do and mm. it's not always um easy that's true yeah Ooh, well this was fun yay <laughs> <laughs>
0: um i'm gonna put the links to where everybody can find you and follow you on instagram and um check out your courses i highly recommend the next time the grief course comes around um everybody should that should be like Earth curriculum exactly 101. 101. I think you so to you need to go to grief course at least once. Yeah. Um and uh when your your dream course comes out, I will be there. I'm going to be the first one to sign up.
1: It's 13 weeks of magic. I've been co-creating it with a a dear friend who is really creative and is an exceptional dreamer. And just the two of our minds together, I think is creating this, um, this alternate universe that you can step into to make this one make more sense. It's like, it's just 13 weeks of magic. I don't even know how else to put it. Yeah.
0: I love it. It's so creative. And if you're listening to this, we have so many like entrepreneurs and creative people out there listening to this and it's like think what do you always say you, you say like think bigger like your little um, dream bigger dream yeah. bigger dream bigger and all yeah. these like really cool um visuals of that and it's like create stuff like just I think we need to get outside of our heads and just start making stuff that that we really need and not what we think should exist
1: that's right like
0: I want some more stuff like this i want dream courses i want like you know let's go
1: yeah mystery little mystery schools popping Mm -hmm. back up um yeah all right thank you for having me this was fun this
0: was wonderful (laughs) um i will see you soon bye
1: bye